Hello, friends. Welcome to the ATC Double Cut. In today's episode, I am joined by my friend Yanni Leto from Finland, and he is joining us today. I believe you're at the maintenance facility at Hers. Are you at Hersala Golf today? Yeah, that's right. And you are the master greenkeeper and golf course superintendent at that facility. Yeah, that's right. Now, the reason why I invited you on the show, Yane, uh, is because I was speaking at the Finnish Greenkeepers Conference. Uh, when was that? Er- November. The early November. November. And um, I had I had been there, and I found out that at Hersala Golf, you've been converting to using robotic electric auto mowers. And we recorded a little video about that. And people had so many questions and were so interested in it. I wanted to ask you to come on the ATC Double Cut so that we could discuss this topic in a little bit more detail. Yeah. And you... Well, thank you. And you had told me... uh, when when we said goodbye, you dropped me off at the airport, and you you had a busy speaking schedule coming up. You were going to Portugal, and you were going to the Czech Republic. Uh, where else were you going to speak about yeah, this? Den- Denmark as well. Denmark as well. So yeah. so you you went to a lot of places. So you've probably been talking a lot about automowers over the last couple of months. Yeah, absolutely. It seems okay. like a like a hot topic in all over the Europe at least at, at the moment. So. Yeah, it 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 seems like a hot topic, uh, especially in Europe. But it seems like it's the future for a lot of turf grass. Um, so uh, we'll talk about that a little bit with because this is the the ATC double cut. Let's start off by looking at one of the ATC blog posts that people can read that's related to this subject. And then I'm going to have some questions for you. Um, But I'll bring this up on the screen. And for people who are listening to this show, uh, because Yanni, this this show is also a podcast, so some people will be listening to this, um, you will be able to have a direct link to this particular blog post in the show notes. And it has a long, long title. The title is Autonomous Mower at 12 Millimeters, which is a half inch, produced higher quality turf, increased shoot density, and reduced energy use compared to a conventional real mower. Now, those all seem like quite positive things, quite positive results that happen from using an automower. And what really surprised me with this one is the type of grass that this research was conducted on. This was a um, this was a research project that was done in Italy. And I put a uh, in the in the blog post, I said, There was an article in the August 2018 issue of Hort Technology magazine that surprised me. This article by Perchio et al. had a title of Autonomous Rotary Mower versus Ordinary Real Mower. Effects of Cutting Height and Nitrogen Rate on Manila Grass Turf Quality. Manila Grass is Zoysia metralla, which is a very difficult grass to grow because the leaf blades are so stiff. And so I was surprised that with these auto mowers that they could get a good quality cut on manila grass. Um, and and uh, I, I just thought it was interesting because most of the research uh, is, is done on cool season turf. I don't know if you uh, are familiar with some of the research that's been done with, uh, with auto mowers, Yane, or if you just used it more practically. <clears throat> Yeah, we, we were actually part of the STURF trial. So STURF is a Scandinavian turf environment research foundation. So <clears throat> we are part of their trials on the on the mowing quality and and turf quality, um, looking at weed weed pressure, disease pressure, maybe fertilizer requirements, all, all these kind of things, and compaction as well. So that was um, a couple of years ago when we finished it, and it took took three years to do the do the whole whole trial. And we've seen a similar 
similar results. So we're seeing on the, on the fairways with courses and grass with fescues and protensis that we can reach the same same level on, on the quality. And, and in the semi-roughs, because of the frequency of cut, we can see much higher higher quality. So um, <clears throat> those were the main, main foundings on that, that resource. So when you're talking about the result being the same quality, you mean that the auto mower is able to give you the same quality of cut on fairway that was achieved with a real mower? <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. So on the on the turf quality it, on itself. So obviously, what we were missing is the the stripe patterns or the mowing patterns on the on the fairways. I think that's the only thing that was lacking at that time when we were doing the doing the trials. But looking just at the turf quality, we was reaching the same same numbers all the time. That that is something that I want to talk with you a little bit later um, about. Uh, about just what type of quality can be achieved and can be achieved and how low the mowers can go. Um, this, this particular study uh, that was done in Italy was, uh, was done on manila grass. They were mowing it at uh, 1.2 centimeters, 12 millimeters, half inch. And this is something that uh, is typical to a, or similar to a fairway height of cut. And what they found was they produced a higher quality turf and increased shoot density compared with the real mower. And they also saw energy savings were optimized by autonomous mowers. And so they concluded that these encouraging results show that autonomous mowers have the potential to perform optimal turf maintenance, not only of home lawns and large ornamental areas, but also of quality sports turfs, such as golf tees and golf roughs, even on tough-to-mow turf grass species. And we should consider golf course fairways uh, as well. So uh, I, I just use that as an introduction. So uh, with this being the ATC double cut, I always want to give people uh, something that they can look at on the ATC website on this topic. Uh, and now let's talk more about your experience with it. Uh, so you're saying that you get the same quality in fairways, and in the rough you get improved quality. What are you mowing the rough at? <clears throat> the um, mowing height? Kind of semi-rough height what we're mowing, so it was 30, 30 to 35 mils. Okay. Uh, oh, um, we are back. I had another technical difficulty. The the semi-rough height of about 35 millimeters, that would be about an inch and a half. And you said that's primarily poet pretensis? Or is that yeah, more poet, of a... Poet pretensis and fine fescue mix. So. And you're, you're getting enhanced quality of those surfaces with the <laughs> robotic auto mowers. And is the reason because it's just mowed continuously? Yeah, that's right. Because we used to cut them with the traditional rotary mower that was like once or twice a week depending on the growth and obviously you're leaving some clippings and creates a bit of mess so um, the robotics is mowing seven times a week basically we can reduce it or, or increase it depending on the on the growth again but it's much more frequent on the cut and it's creating much more dense dense sword on the on the center rocks as well so that's what we see and that's where actually we've started the whole thing. So we started trialing it on the semi-roughs and uh, we could see it right away. It was quite a, quite a big leap on the, on the quality. And that is something that when you started trialing it, it was uh, how many years ago? Yeah, it was five years ago with a single robot with the, with the boundary wires. So I call it like a first generation for the golf courses. Uh, but yeah, that's that's what we started with. And obviously the boundary wire would have its own issues, but still we could see such a such a big leap on the quality on the semi-rough. So we wanted to start giving more trials on the course and um, try the fairways as well. So that's where we started off. And then what we talked about in our YouTube video, which I will put a link to, uh, that 
that was a cart rides with Micah where we never went and looked at the golf course. We never went and looked at the automowers. We were just driving to the airport and we were talking about this. And what you shared in that video is that the fairways are now, as of the end of 2023, are the fairways now 100% mowed by automowers? Yeah, we got 100% of the fairways and about 75 of the roughs. So it's pretty big coverage. So over the past five years, you com- you pretty much converted completely to these automowers because the quality was so good. Yeah, quality and obviously we're saving a bit of time from the staff to do other things like increasing quality uh, on greens, uh, they're doing data collection, which is really important as well, um, doing more things by hand, like hand water. So we just started allocating the hours a bit different. So at the same time as improving the quality on the other areas like fairways and, and semiras with the robots, we could increase the quality on the, some other areas which the robot weren't cutting, but we could use more of the man hours on the on those those areas that leads to uh one of the follow-up questions that i received about this uh and i I forget i I think it might have been a comment on facebook when i shared the video or it might have been a comment on linkedin where i shared the video somebody somebody asked and i'm sure you've heard this one before uh they said well, what about the drawback or the negative of these robotic mowers taking jobs away from people? <laughs> and, and I think you've already answered that, is you're saying you're reallocating the labor to more high-value jobs. But could yeah. you, so you're able to enhance the quality of the product that you're producing, but could you, could you uh, tell me, how would you respond to something like that when somebody raises that objection about, hey, sh- we shouldn't turn our lives over to robots. They're going to take our jobs away. Yeah. Uh, well, first of all, I, I wouldn't think there's a single course manager in, in the globe working that thinks that they got everything covered on the golf course, like everything the members are asking for and everything the uh, leadership is asking for, if everything is covered, so you can always do something better. Um, so that's that's the first step, and then when we started going into robotics, we obviously the staff and uh, <clears throat> maybe the leadership had that idea that we can maybe get rid of some of the staff. But that was really one of my strongest points that we need to. We're still behind on so many things on the golf course, whether it's improving the drainage or improving the quality on the on the putting surfaces. Um, we don't want to get rid of anyone. We just want to allocate the hours. So I think it comes down to the communication skills that you need to be really strong on the communication when you start off going into automation or, or the robotics. And uh, I I saw a job advertisement. Maybe maybe you saw it also over the past week. The uh, Brauterholt Golf Club in Iceland, which is a famous course. Uh, a beautiful golf course that is is well known for having a large fleet of auto mowers. They they're hiring people, <laughs> uh, yeah. and there was just a job advertisement that was widely shared in the golf course turf industry. Of wow, wouldn't this be a great place to work? Um, mm-hmm. And I don't think that was even a golf course superintendent job. I think it was a a, a crew uh, position. So yeah. um, I just thought that was a good example of here's a golf course in the world that's well known for mm-hmm. having a fleet of autonomous robotic mowers that's yeah. hiring people, that has jobs for people. Yeah, absolutely. And like starting off from the communication to the club when you're doing this change, it's obviously communicating the quality on how we can improve it. But we're doing some savings, but it doesn't have to be from the labor. Like you're saving on the maintenance cost, and you're saving on the investment, on the fuels. You're saving all these kind of things, and that's where you can save the money, and at the same time increase the quality on the on the golf course. But yeah, we we've seen um, a new role kind of coming up in the in the golf industry, which is golf course automation specialist or uh, robot tech, or how you want to call it. So we have one of those guys on, on our, our positions on our golf course, and we're seeing other golf clubs in Finland as well uh, putting up these kind of positions. So I think that's a, that's an interesting role for someone who is uh, just coming into the industry and 
uh, maybe a younger guy who is really into softwares and working with robotics and all these things. So it might be actually working the other way around, not pushing people out, but actually bringing new people in into the industry. Yeah, that that is a very good point that I hadn't really considered until you mentioned it to me, um, that it might be able to actually attract a, a type of person who wouldn't be so interested in a typical landscaping type of job. Mm-hmm. If the job is just, just described as, you get a chance to work outdoors, you get a chance to rake bunkers, you get a chance to clean up leaves, you get a chance to move tea markers maybe that's not so appealing to somebody because it just sounds like manual labor Mm -hmm. and it doesn't sound so much like a thinking, um, really using all of your skills type of job. But if it is, uh, you can be the manager of a fleet of robots, that's, that could be attracting a a type of person who normally wouldn't want to work on a golf course. Yeah, that's right. And also we well, some of the golf clubs have heard that the mechanics are not that into the robotics because it's something new for them mm-hmm. and working with electricity and all these things. But I don't see that all this needs to be the mechanics job. It needs to be someone else. Like kind of compare it to um, irrigation system. So normally you would have a person who is in charge of the irrigation system. It might be a position called irrigation tech or, or something like that. It's pretty similar. Like want to hire a person who is in charge of this fleet and then obviously there's plenty of other machines like tractors and green mowers and these machines that the mechanic needs to take care of. It's a good balance. I made some notes about some of the questions that uh, were posted on the YouTube video after we had our initial conversation and I'm gonna run through these to get uh, to get your answers. Uh, One of the questions was how much area can each mower, each machine cover in a 24 hour period? And I think, uh, I think you might have different models. uh, So maybe, maybe it's a long answer, but uh, I, I think the, the question was basically, uh, how how much area can one mower cut uh, in in one day? Yeah, um, for that I normally answer like you need to kind of start changing the way of thinking. You're not thinking in the way of how how fast you can cut one area or how big of an area you can cut in a certain time. Rather, you're considering a big how big of an area a mower can maintain. Uh, certain height or certain quality so that's what you're kind of measuring um, and depending on the robot model um, if you're going for the small ones which we we have plenty of those uh, called 550 epos from Husqvarna they can cover about a thousand square meters um, no about a hectare so 10,000 square meters <clears throat> uh, and it normally depending on the growth and all these factors and depending on how you adjust the mower to do, you could do it in 24 hours. Um, and then you can spare some more time on the other areas. But if you consider cutting a fe- one hectare area, it, let's say four times a week with a robot, then you've got some spare hours. The robot can doesn't have to cover the whole thing in 24 hours because it's just maintaining it at a certain height. So if you think about the height of cut, on the, on the fairways, if you were cutting it twice a week with the traditional reel mower, you would start off on a, on a mowing day at 12 millimeter height, for example, and then that would be Monday. Then going Tuesday, Wednesday, your height of cut goes up. It might be 20 mils, and then Thursday you cut it again and drop down to 12. So you kind of create in this kind of shape into the in the height of cut. Um, but with robotics, you're just maintaining that same height of height of cut all the time. So that's oh that's the that's the kind of goal. So it's a it's a bit of different way of thinking. But yeah, going back to into the actual question was um, the bigger one, which is Siora, or or there's other brands as well like Crest. Uh, they can go up to three between three to five hectares with one mower covered. And and that's that's the area that they're able to maintain at a 
reasonable height of cut. And yeah. so and so the thinking the let me make sure that I understand this correctly. The way to think about the current generation of machines is not so much how many square meters per minute or uh, square meters per hour or yep square day crushed again no are you there back. yep i'm back yep i just oh my goodness yeah <laughs> i don't know what's going on i just got a a connection lost oh, okay <laughs> a, a banner just came flashing across my screen and i thought <laughs> oh no <laughs> so if i understand this correctly uh, we we should think of it not in a, like a acres per hour or square meters per hour that it mows, but we think of one machine is able to maintain this much area. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's just repeatedly mowing that area and, and maintaining it at that consistent height. Yeah, that's right. Because obviously you can work out the, the numbers for how quickly it cuts an area. I don't do really much with that number because I'm always like measuring the size of an area that a robot can cover. I, I understand that. Um, okay. So that answers that question. And then that same person had a follow up question, which is, uh, you've got 36 machines in total. Is that correct? 36 robots. And so the question was, uh, how much area are those 36 machines uh, cutting in total? Yeah, so 36 machines, but it's a fleet of, of a mixture of different models. So not all the models are measured to be cutting five hectares each or a hectare each. So we still have the, I call it first, first generation boundary wire type uh, robots. So if you compare all of those or put all, everything together, uh, fairways are about 10 hectares and roughly covering is about seven, seven and a half hectares, let's say. So that would be 17 to 18 hectares what we have covered on the, on the golf course. But if you go to the more modern or today's robots, you could use much less units. Like you don't have, need to have 36. You could do that same area easily with, let's say, 10 10 robots. Yes. I I understand. Uh, and I think I think that leads to the next question. You've got the fleet of 36 mowers. Mm-hmm. Uh, are they hibernating at your facility at Hersala Golf right now or are they hibernating somewhere else? Yeah, they're hibernating here. So it's just back at the at the clubhouse, so we got downstairs a nice storage room where they can stay warm, and we go occasionally to charge them up again. But let's say twice twice over the winter. But okay. Yes. Yeah, so somebody asked if they could see a photo of the uh, of the mowers all hibernating together. So <laughs> uh, if if you have a chance, could you send me one of those? I I think it would be interesting to see. Or- yeah, I can send you send you a couple. I know. We still got a couple in the in the main workshop, so we're still doing like when we bring them back in, we look at the robots and see if there's any any parts we need to replace, any things we need to do, all the softwares that need to be updated. So we do all that stuff and then bring them out to the clubhouse. But yeah, I can absolutely take you a photo of them. Thank you. And there was another question. Uh, somebody was intrigued by this. They went to the Husqvarna website. Um, so this is in response to the video we made. They they went to the Husqvarna website, or they talked with a sales representative. I think that this was in the United States. They may have talked with a, a Husqvarna sales representative. And they said the website shows that the minimum mowing height is 2 centimeters, or 20 millimeters. Yeah. And um, they, they were a little bit confused, because you'd said that you were down at as low as 10, <clears throat> perhaps, or, or 12. Yeah. Yeah. And... And I know that there's a kit or some kind of add-on, but, but what do people need to ask for or what is the name of the kit and how low can uh, these machines go? Yeah, it's a, it's a fairway kit, as they call it. 
there's a disc that goes under the, the mowing discs, so it kind of lowers it back 10 millimeters. So the actual height of cut, the lowest you can go with a 550 EPOS is 10 millimeters. But if you compare that to the real mower, it actually means eight millimeters. So somehow the robot goes a bit lower than the real mower, actually, if you kind of set in the bench height. Uh, but if you go and look at it at, with, the, with the prism on the, on the fairway, for example, 10 millimeter on the, on the robot would be eight millimeters on the wow. real mower. Eight, mil so, eight so millimeters why, is a low yeah, cut fairway. That's really low. So that's why we we keep ours on the setting, which is just up up to that. Um, so we're somewhere like 15, 14 mils now, uh, which would be meaning 12 ish on a, on a real mower. So we can see a similar similar height of cut if we go go and mow after the robot. So not cutting much off. Wow, that that leads me to wonder. Uh, have you been to the old course at St. Andrews? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, you know, like on a Lynx course, the, the fairways kind of go like this, right? There's, there's all the yeah. sand dunes and all the movement. Yeah. Um, and real mowers can put a really good quality cut on. Welcome. <laughs> welcome back. Yeah, cool. No, it's, it was my... <laughs> My time to crash now, so. <laughs> well, I, I'm. I think I'm due to crash any time, <laughs> so we we. Uh, I'm gonna edit this for podcast purposes. <laughs> um, so, anyway, <laughs> uh, so at the old course at St Andrews or on a Lynx course, you've got the um, you've got a lot of micro undulations in the fairways. Uh, <clears throat> And real mowers cut pretty good. If I remember right, mm-hmm. the fairways at St. Andrews will get mowed at, you know, during a, a championship at something like seven millimeters. Mm-hmm. And then you're telling me that these robots with the low cut kit could have a uh, effective height of cut of something like eight millimeters, which would seem like that's almost equivalent to an open championship level fairway. But my question is, what happens when you put them on those kind of undulations? Do they actually do better than a real mower that that has a twenty inch or a, a, a twenty two inch type of uh, width on the on the re, on the cutting, or or do they do worse because they're a rotary? Um, I'm I'm curious about that. Yeah, I think they do pretty pretty similar. That's that's what I've been seeing. I don't see any uncut spots on the fairways or anything like that in the in the dips or <clears throat> yeah i think it does pretty similar i think the small ones what we have uh, they might do actually a bit better because they're so narrow and the cutting this is let's say 20 centimeters rather than 60 60 centimeters on a real mower so it goes into undulations pretty well but if you go that low like the tournament cut i think the siora which is from Fusquanas, or the bigger ones from other brands um they have a bit more power in them. So if I put one of my my small ones to cut eight mils, they sometimes get stuck because it's uh, it's too dense going that low, and the grass is kind of too strong. Um, but if you have the bigger mower, it does pretty good job going that low as well. So I think the CRI is doing a really neat job on the fairway if you go eight millimeters, for example. Ah, oh, that's interesting. That's interesting. Uh, let's see. Uh, so you're, you, you said you're cutting at about 14 or 15. So you, you have, uh, are there different spacers? So you've got like, uh, a number of spacers and you can put them in or take them out to adjust it to 13 millimeters or 14 or something like that. No, well, that's the, um, that's the old way they used to do it with the 10 millimeter cut and the Husqvarna like the first generation model you had to adjust it five millimeters at a time so it was 10 15 20 um, but now the EPOCs and the Ciora you can adjust it to, to a millimeter so you can choose whatever you you kind of like oh with with these new ones is it just moving the unit yeah. up and yeah. down th- with an electric motor yeah that's right well the old one as well had a, had an electric motor but it was one five millimeters at a time but I think that was because they were using them on the 
on the lawns and these kind of places where it doesn't matter that much if it's one millimeter here and there. But once the golf course got into the business, I know Husqvarna really took that as as an important task to do, do a possibility to change it by a millimeter. I talked with somebody in Japan uh, from one of the major uh, conventional equipment manufacturers and I asked them about what their company's perception or, or what their take was on autonomous mowers and, and specifically on these small uh, robotic autonomous electric mowers. And the response was that they have a niche. This, this person told me that they think these mowers have a niche, but they can never be widely used in golf at the highest level because of the, you know, they said like a place like Augusta National can't get the type of quality on their fairways that they could get with a real mower. And, and um, basically, the, this person told me that they think that they're, that the conventional fairway mowers, the conventional real mowers that are used to mow large areas uh, on golf courses around the world today are not going to be taken over by the robotic auto mowers because of quality of cut that just can't be as good. And that doesn't quite match with what you told me. In fact, your quality of cut was so good that you completely replace the fleet. And I know you're not the only course in Europe that is doing this. And I would like to hear, and, and you've also worked at tournaments and you're familiar with high level conditioning. So Yane, what would you say to that? Uh, how, I mean, like, let's say like 30 years from now, let, let's go into the future in 30 years. What percentage of golf courses do you think might be using this type of technology versus the conventional real mowers that are used today? <clears throat> um, yeah, if you go to the tournament level, I think that's still quite a small fraction of golf courses around the globe um, that needs to go that high of a, high of a standard. Um, so that's why I think whether it's this kind of robotics or, or the other type of robotics and all the real mower companies are coming coming up with their robotics as well. Um, so it's going to be a big, big percentage, I would say. Um, really hard to say because there's obviously opinions between course managers in Finland as well. Like the others are still trusting the real mowers much more and not that con um, convinced by the this kind of mowing. But Hard to say on that future. It's always hard to kind of think what's going to happen in future. But for me, because from, let's say, from the sustainability side, in the Nordics at least, the sustainability is a huge, huge thing that we need to consider. And because this uh, razor blade mowing is using so little elect um, energy, that's the, that's the one of the key things for me. Like we're not using fuel and not producing fossil fossil fuels because for with the real mower as well um, i know that you can go into electricity as well but that's still a massive machine that's going to use a lot of energy so that those are the things that we need to consider as well um, I, if i were to manage a like a massive tour event today i would still go with the real mower probably or um with with a high quality golf course i could even do uh if I had the budget, I could do a combination. So depending on the, on the road, I could go and back it up with a with a real mower. Just, or for a tournament day, I could go and back it up with a finished look on the on the fairway. So I could do something like that. Okay. So so if you're doing both, if you if you had an, a budget that allowed you to have both types of machines, what you're saying is you would do the usually be using the robotic auto mowers but if you had to put an extra finish um mm -hmm. just to make everything all exactly the same for one day um mm -hmm. or for you you would put that extra mow on it with the real mower yeah yeah and i, I would still have a real mower in the in the shed and i still do and so we can do grooming or vertical cutting or these kind of things on the fairways and now that we have more time to do those things we actually improving the quality that way as well. And 
I was going to talk a little bit about the energy use and the sustainability. Mm-hmm. I've, uh, I've got another blog post that I'm not going to talk about today. It, it's, it's a good one just to read. It's a seven-minute read. I'll put a link to that also. Uh, and it's about electricity use of automowers versus uh, conventional internal combustion diesel engines. Uh, that that are typically used today for for larger mowing units, and somebody had asked me a question and said, "Well, if my, it, for example, if we're in some parts of the United States, a lot of the energy, the electricity is coming from coal uh, power plants, and so somebody said, well, what's the point of changing to electric if I'm still using electricity that's not from a renewable source?" And of course. The electric motors are so much more efficient that even if you're using electricity that comes from coal, I made the calculations and in the worst case scenario, you still get a, uh, you're using half as much energy you're, or you're having half as much carbon emissions. So, so the, the CO2 emissions from automowers, from a fleet of automowers that are powered by coal generated electricity are going to use half as they're going to emit half as much carbon i calculated as mowing fairways with uh, diesel powered mowers and in the best case scenario when you're using uh really clean energy like uh, uh i don't know solar or- yeah i mean every, everybody's going to complain and say well nuclear is not clean or hydroelectric ruins the rivers or something but if if you're using something that's not coal and something that is is closer uh, to a clean source of energy generation the best case scenario is is you reduce uh it just in terms of carbon emissions you reduce that by uh 75 times uh so so you Goodness, action lost. Yeah. I don't know what's going on here. <laughs> well, uh, at least we're still here talking. So yeah. um, anyway, uh, it, there there's a huge benefit, a huge benefit in reducing carbon emissions. Uh, and I, th- I think that's important in the golf industry uh, mm-hmm. because there's a lot of people around the world that don't play golf. They see golf courses as enclaves of the rich and and famous and some golf courses have fences around them and they don't let the general public in and people look inside there and they say why do people need that uh we should we should not have that in our world today and if if golf courses are also burning a lot of carbon (laughs) to to mow the grass for these playgrounds with the rich and famous that's not a good image for people that that don't realize all the benefits of turf grass and uh, and and the health benefits of of a sport like golf, so I think it makes sense to look at how little carbon we can emit and how much carbon we can store in the soil from turf grass. And I think electric mowers, whether it's auto mowers or whether it's electric mowers um, that that are operated by people and and uh, battery powered, they're definitely the way to go. Yeah, absolutely. I agree on that. I'm actually doing a webinar speech on the GCSAA webinar series next week on Wednesday on alternative energies used on, on a golf course. <laughs> so I kind of, kind of wow. that. Um, I should yeah. sign up for that. <laughs> yeah. So kind of looking at options if you can produce electricity on on site as well. Um, so because that's what we are doing. We're producing. Our electricity with the solar panels during the summer so we kind of self-sufficient on electricity during the summers and we're still living in the Nordics so when we're still seeing that that's a good investment for us it's going to pay back in pretty quick quickly let's say six to six to eight years so and, I think. and this is a question I asked you uh, when we met in November and I said well you've uh, you you must you must have saved a lot on fuel and and that was something like 75 or 85 percent or 90 percent reduction in in fuel cost and then i said 
uh, and correct me if, if I've got those numbers wrong. And then I said, well, but your electricity bill must have gone up. And you said, actually, no, we installed solar. And, and do I understand correctly that simply putting solar panels on the roof of the clubhouse generates enough electricity in your climate at, at your latitude that generates enough electricity during the summer to keep your mowing fleet charged? Yeah, absolutely. So obviously if they're mowing at night and not, I'm charging at night, that's not when we can use our own solar panels. So that's when we use the grid energy. Um, but during the, during the days, because well, our fleet is mowing 24-7, they're obviously using our own, own solars. And the solars are pretty much covering all our, uh, whether it's the golf buggies or uh, electricity use on the clubhouse and all that. So all the solar system is covering that during the summer. Um, that's not working during the winter though. So uh, from April until September, we're pretty much pretty much covered. What type of uh, sunrise? And we're recording this on January fifth. Uh, what type of sunrise and sunset dates? Uh, sorry, times. Do you do you have at this time of year? Yeah, it's the days are getting longer now, <laughs> but um, let's say eight thirty is the sunrise, something like that, and then three o'clock in the afternoon. But even now, when it's eleven in the in the day, it kind of dark is. So we still need to keep the lights off on on the office so and all that. So yeah, it's not the most um, pleasant time of the year in here. Got plenty of snow though, so that's that's nice. But that's good. That's good. Well, um, I am going to check out your webinar for the GCSAA, and I look forward to hearing more from you about this and maybe seeing some more pictures uh, of the robotic mowers. Mm -hmm. um, I suppose, are you, why do you still have 25% of the rough that's not, uh, not mode with automowers is that just you haven't invested in those machines yet or is there something physically with this with the property that prohibits that yeah um there's a couple of reasons so first reason would be the electricity so we don't have the network all around the golf course yet or not in the hard hard to reach corners um so when we started building the electricity well we didn't have the electric network around the golf course when we started and uh, trials and all these things are moving into an electric fleet. So we'll be doing a part by part around working around the golf course, um, going out from the pump house and the clubhouse and the maintenance building. Um, but yeah, hard to reach corners are still not, not quite covered. And then there's a couple of rough areas that are not constructed that well. I might have some roots and bumpiness into them. So I haven't, didn't want to put the robots there in the, in the first place. Um, but we are probably extending and now that we have the today's newer generation robots, um, we don't need to have the electricity so close by so they can travel around the golf course much, much better. Um, so that's, that's a good benefit as well. So we can probably get the 25% covered in the next three years, let's say. That, that will be then, uh, one of the how many courses in the world that would be able to be mowed all with robotic mowers? I, I think I've read about one in Norway. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. Are there, are there others around the world? I think Berheim in, in Norway. Uh, I think Winston Golf in Germany is doing pretty big as well. But it's, it's still a handful, I think, or, or the golf courses I've heard of. But I'm pretty sure in the next five years it's going to speed up really fast. And... More, more golf courses going to jump in. So. so you get, let's, let's summarize this as, as we come to the end. Uh, you've seen improved turf quality. Uh, you've seen uh, reduced energy use. You've seen lower maintenance cost. And you've seen... Uh, the ability to reallocate labor to improve quality in other areas of the property and just make the grass better by having time to verticut, for example, mm -hmm. um, or, or have a machine freed up to verticut. Mm -hmm. uh, 
let's see. What about like um, diseases for, let's talk about diseases and worms and insects and that kind of thing. Uh, if they're mowing 24 hours a day, they have the potential to remove dew from the turf. If they're removing dew and reducing the period of leaf wetness, it seems that some diseases could be less. However, if they're just going around and there's fungus on the leaves, they could just be spreading fungus all over too. So I want to think that it would be better, but it could be worse. What what has your experience been? Yeah. Um, so far, what we've seen is, uh, is a bit reduced disease pressure on the fairways uh, because of the reduced leaf wetness. So I think that's that's what we're seeing. Uh, we did a uh, two years ago when we were still mowing in the traditional mode and we could see a massive difference between the traditional mode and the robotic mode fairways because we weren't removing the by by ourselves at that time. Um, so we could see the robots were removing it much much faster and reduced the disease pressure on the, on the fusarium or microdotium patch. Okay, so, so that's uh, the pink snow mold, microdotium patch. Uh, some people call it fusarium. Mm-hmm. Um the, the plant pathologists sometimes correct me and say, Micah, don't call it fusarium, please. Yeah. But uh, greenkeepers often call it fusarium. And I grew yeah. up in Oregon. Uh, and when I, I started my greenkeeping career at Waverly Country Club in Portland, Oregon, and, and we in the 1990s, uh, it was called everybody referred to it as fusarium. So I, I still like want to yeah. say fusarium, even though mm-hmm. I know that that's not the right name for right. it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's the same, same for me. It kind of pops up the first, first in my head with that. Yeah. Um, yeah but I heard there's a, there's a new name for that as well. It's not microdotium anymore. It's something else. Yeah. I, I, Again. I saw that, uh, John Dempsey, uh, I, I think shared something about it, but yeah, I think it's going to be, uh, yeah, it will take a while for me to learn that new name too. Yeah, <laughs> It's like, right. like dollar spot. It was always sclerotinia homeocarpa and now it's yeah. claridia something, but mm-hmm. yeah, it, it's easier just to say dollar spot, <laughs> I, I guess. Um, that's right. But yeah, that's, that's what we're seeing. The other things would be, um, uh, design changes on the golf course. So we've been able to kind of start doing design changes that doesn't have to fit for a uh, triplex, which is 1.6 meters wide. They can be much narrower gaps in the in certain areas, um, freeing up space in the in the maintenance building. So obviously, not having the big machines in there, we got much more space to, um, to work more safely and more economically. Um, and the safety is a massive thing on on the golf course. Um, because we're not mowing the fairways, we're not mowing the roughs uh, amongst the players. Because we don't obviously have that big, big of a staff, we can stay ahead the players. And the season in Finland is that short that the golf course is packed all the time when there's light. So the golfers go out at six o'clock or five o'clock in the morning, and they finish at twelve in the night. Um, so we need to have that time to mow the fairways. And now that we're not mowing the fairways anymore amongst the players, it's great for the safety. Safety for our stuff as well. So that's a big thing. Are you mowing the T's uh, also with these, or are the T's getting mowed with something else? Um, I think that's something that we'll look at. The problem on the T's would be um, all the T markers and all these things that we need to somehow figure out. Uh, we'd be mowing the driving range T, even though it has the T markers or the blocks, um, and it's doing a pretty good job in there. So we might be doing doing some trials at some point, but we we started hand mowing the tees, tees instead. So we used to use a triplex, but that was kind of part of the quality of the golf course. Okay, and how about worms? Uh, worm castings can often be a problem. And do the auto mowers make it worse, or do they are are they better? Um. Wormcast is not a massive problem for us. I have only have one fairway, which is some issues. Um, it's hard to say anything like definite on that, but I think it could cause or help out on the on the com- compaction side on the fairways because it's um, lightweight mowers and all these things. But that could help on the wormcast as well, possibly. So 
that's something that needs more research onto it, I think. Yeah, compacting the soil uh, should stop worms eventually, uh, but also it would stop grass from growing. And so if you have compacted soils, you might, but, but the worms can still grow, but the grass doesn't grow well, then I can see where the worm cast would be more visible and they'd be on top of the grass. If you had a less compacted fairway and you had the grass itself was healthier and growing up, the worm cast may not be so prominent. So yeah, we'll leave that one to the researchers to uh, mm-hmm. figure, figure that one out some more. Well, this is, uh, this is an interesting topic, and I was surprised that so many people are interested in it. I, I get a chance to see these every now and then, um, but it's, it's more, I see them at a hotel. I saw it in a hotel in Okinawa where the lawn was being mowed. Uh, I recommended for uh, somebody in Okinawa, they should get it for their lawn. Uh, I've recommended for my brother-in-law in Canada that he should get one for his lawn. Uh, and, and I saw them tried at uh, Camiral Resort down in uh, Barcelona, or in uh, Girona, uh, formerly, formerly P- PGA Catalunya, where they're using that in some of the roughs. Um, I, I, I see it here and there, but it seems like the world is on the verge of these becoming... Uh, very, very common. Uh, even if somebody isn't using it completely on all their fairways or completely on all of their rough, you know, for safety issues, for disease reduction issues, for environmental issues, for quality issues, it seems like a really nice tool to have. Even if you, uh, of noise reduction, right? <laughs> how, how about uh, for the golf courses that have houses right around? I, I was at the Australian Open in Sydney and there was discussion about uh, the people that live right next to the golf course. Sometimes they don't like to hear the machines at 5.30 in the morning. Yeah, absolutely. Um, a good story on that, because we, we also have neighbors on the, on the golf course, uh, but they're really used to having a golf course next to, next to them, because um, he's been here for now 15 years. Um, but got, got a spontaneous call um, in 22 that actually from two different neighbors calling me that they're really happy that we changed in the robotics because we've been like making less noise so they weren't complaining before but now they started being really happy that okay it's actually pretty quiet um the other things would be would be the dust so we're not doing any dust in the, in the summer when we when it's dry and we're mowing the rock uh, and the other thing would be clipping so not that many clippings on the on the golf course it's not bringing clippings to the clubhouse or in front of the clubhouse so keeping places more tidy so it's just small things here and there that we can we can notice and see the benefits from we've we've talked about a lot of positives but what there there have to be some negatives mm. uh you mentioned roots you mentioned not having electricity what what are the what are some of the drawbacks that that you've seen uh that might mean that uh, mowers are not a good choice for a facility or, or just something that people would need to be aware of uh, before they invest a lot of money in these? Yeah, I think, well, the first thing we already mentioned that was the mowing pattern. So if you like your mowing patterns with a traditional look, I think that's what you're lacking at the moment. Uh, the robots are starting to do that as well. Uh, bit by bit, but it looks a bit different. Um, the other thing would be obviously education and you need those guys who are interested in the robots to get into into like working with them and uh, doing the maintenance and all these things so kind of getting started it's the same with the education and knowledge as as with the electricity to get started with the whole thing i think those are the those are the negatives i would say um it's probably a negative for someone but for me it's kind of turning positive but because the mowers are 24 7 on the course um we we having staff on site uh much longer so we have staff from 6 a.m until 10 p.m in the evening not during the night but um longer days just in case if there's any problems with the robots um they're taking care of them uh, obviously doing other tasks like hand watering and 
these kind of things on, on the same time but <clears throat> that that can be seen as a, as a negative but for us it's been a been a positive again because uh, younger generation of people they don't necessarily like to wake up at five o'clock in the morning but coming at work at 4, 4 p.m in the e evening and uh, working until 10 p.m that's perfect for them so might suit for some people that's what we see that's that's helping us as well on the, on the labor kind of issues that's there's you bring up so many interesting things that i hadn't thought of before mm -hmm. uh like yeah going to work at 4 p.m that <laughs> that, <clears throat> that yeah. yeah i guess there there are people that that would enjoy that so yeah and i open up the game again and there's different kind of people you can hire again um one negative was uh, was the thunderstorms so working with the thunderstorms especially with the first generation boundary wires they had some issues so if you see see a thunderstorm coming uh we would unplug them all of them uh on the golf course and then plug them in in again just in case there's uh there's an issue and we've had a couple of um lightning hitting hitting the grounds or trees on the on the site and getting some some problems with the with the chargers or or something like that uh but not so much on the on the EPOCs and the gps assisted uh, robots and you've sold off most of your uh existing mowers right you just keep a few yeah the, yeah, the, the old generation of uh I mean, like real mowers, diesel-powered type of machines. Yeah, yeah, we've been changing our fleet quite a quite a lot. So we still have a have a fairway unit, but we're just using a smaller one because we don't need to be that efficient on the on when we're going back, backing up the robots. It might be just one fairway or two fairways we need to cut occasionally. Uh, so we have one of those, but we've been kind of funding the whole project at the same time as as selling one rock mower and then using those funds into investing in robots or, or the electricity and just moving bit by bit <clears throat> and how many maintenance staff do you have uh with nine nine with a full-time contract but obviously half of them are not working on the on the winters so they're only working for seven eight months uh during the season and then summers we get let's say six on top of that so we're up to 16 in the summer so pretty pretty good numbers and the number of rounds that are played 30 30 000 within six six months okay so it's it's pretty busy uh, averaging like five thousand a month but it must be in your june and july maybe you're doing uh <clears throat> seven thousand or something like that in a month yeah and the spring is really busy because golfers have been held back by the winter when golf course is open they just get out there Really. So it's 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 uh it must be good. You mentioned safety of not having to have people on machines out there in play and these mm -hmm. mowers are just operating and they tend not to be hit by golf balls and they tend not to hit golfers and they tend not to uh run over golf bags or run over golf balls. But you told me before they do sometimes run over a golf ball, but then the local rule is you just replace it. Yeah, well, I think that's a that's a golf rule. If something uh, like a greenkeeper harms your ball, you can change it uh, mm -hmm. while playing. And um, and we also made a promise for our golfers when we started the whole thing that if a robot harms your ball, we can give you a new one at a pro shop uh, or three new ones. But we haven't had a single case that we had to give them out. So um, that was kind of one of the scares we had in the, the early stages, but. It, hasn't hasn't been a problem at all okay well uh where can people follow you do you have a twitter or a instagram or 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 where should people find out if they if they wanted to find out about what you're doing uh are you sharing that on blogs or or any websites yeah it's um instagram is the main main source for me um have two two different accounts my personal and my company because i'm doing some economic work as well now we actually just yesterday published my own own website for the economic work so oh 
Okay, well, good. I, I, I will let you can say that or just tell it to me later and I'll put it in the show notes, but you can say it if you want to. Yeah, it's, uh, it's Jan and Estori, so that's my two first names together. Okay. I'm gonna send it over to you again. I'm gonna get that perfectly spelled and I'm gonna put that in the show notes so uh, people can know where they can get in touch with you and, and check yeah. out some of your work projects. Yeah, that's that's cool. So what are you doing the rest of the winter? You have some uh some some travel coming up, I suppose. Yeah. Um firstly I'll go to the Harrogate, VPME. And then, um, then we started up. We set up Phoenix for the SAA show, and from there it's a it's kind of holiday trip going to Hawaii, uh, New Zealand, and then Hong Kong back back home. That'll be my February covered. All right, so that's uh, England, Arizona, Hawaii, New Zealand, Hong Kong, back to Finland, around the world. That sounds. Yeah. That sounds good. Well, I guess some of the people listening to this show might uh, might have met you already, or uh, they might have a chance to meet you at one of those conferences or uh, one of those trips. So that'll be cool. Yeah, that'll be nice. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you for joining me. I uh, thank everybody for listening, and I hope you find this an interesting topic. I will be back again soon with more interesting turfgrass information for ATC from Trong, Thailand. I'm Michael Woods. Bye-bye.